The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy. I'm joined by Jerry. And the week that was, we had a BRICS uh, get-together a lot of stuff come out, came out of that. We also had uh, the Federal Reserve at Jackson Hole where they all patted each other's backs. And we had some great movement in the precious metals market throughout the week. So let's start with that, Jerry. Uh, nice pop-up on silver. We were in the, I don't know, I want to say the 2370 range, 2365 even as low as. And we got a nice pop above 24. Gold that has been trading a little bit below a nineteen hundred dollars um, pop back up above as well. What uh, what did you make of of those moves this week? Uh, certainly, uh, fuel to the fire, Jeremy. I think this was um, just added to the momentum that uh, we're seeing. We're filtering through a lot of noise as we talk about, but seeing seeing the metals play out uh, the way they did. This is just the beginning, in my opinion. Um, I know there was a lot, a lot of anticipation for the Federal, Re- Federal Reserve, who is actually meeting right now in Jackson Hole, to potentially pause or not to be as aggressive. His statement right now that came out was pretty hawkish, so Fed Powell. Remember, this, these meetings are just a, a place where central bank, the Federal Reserve members meet every year, and they really just pat each other on the back and say how well they're doing to combat inflation. Remember, their dual mandate is to make sure their inflation's up. And the dollar sit- no, inflation's sit- down. In, I'm sorry, employment up and inflation down. They're failing at both. So it was a speech that we were all on, all anticipating. He sounded rather hawkish. He says we will proceed carefully on whether to hike again. Powell says, but they're prepared to raise rates further if appropriate. He says the real rates are positive, well above n- neutral, and um, persistent above trend line growth. Uh, could warrant further tightening. So his, his positioning is exactly what he does year over year, whether it be Powell, whether it be Bernanke, whether it be any one of them. Jackson Hole is a meeting where they talk up the U.S. dollar. So quite anticipated, but it should, metals are still showing very resilient despite the hawkish tone. I think we're all expecting that. But yeah, for silver coming coming off the lows of about 2280 back over $20, $24, we had a very solid 4% move uh, quite rapid. Oh, did we lo- drop to 28, 22.80? Yeah, we carved I a did. little low. Wow, I didn't even... <laughs> on, on the technicals, <laughs> we don't really... I wasn't quite paying attention, I guess. <laughs> but a lot of news coming out. You know, the BRICS meeting especially, we were waiting on that, Jeremy. So we should uh, we should probably touch upon that. Okay, let's dive into that. So a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the gold market anticipating something to come out of the BRICS with a tie to gold. Now, we didn't get that per se, but we did get uh, that there are several new countries looking to join. One of them specifically is Saudi Arabia. That is um, that is really the tie to the petrodollar. So with Saudi Arabia joining, which is now inevitable, that, that severs that final tie on the petrodollar. But we didn't quite get the... BRICS is going to back a currency by gold. Now, let, let's start there. What did you make of people who thought that that was what should be expected? And were you disappointed that that's not what came out? 
Um, so yeah, there was a lot of anticipation with you know the bricks and gold. Gold being definitely the the, the hot topic. You know, what are they going to do with gold? Is it is it going to be a gold backed currency? Is gold going to be convertible to the currencies to the to the rest of the currencies? Will they potentially peg, you know, a barrel of oil to two grams of gold? That was uh, definitely a potential. Um, never really binary with the gold market. If inflation is high, then gold must be taking off and breaking out. This is a massive restructuring what we're seeing and a massive new alliance that is taking place right before our eyes, moving away from the old the World Trade Organization to the BRICS trade organization. And this is what we've seen. Uh, new members, the Johannesburg 2 declaration came out, and there were some new new members that will be announced come January 1st of two, uh, next year. They are Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. These are major oil barons, Jeremy. This is the death blow for the U.S. dollar hegemony in the oil market where the Saudis, um, they promised, they pledged a long time ago to sell their oil in U.S. dollars, keeping the U.S. dollar afloat because they depegged from, they closed the gold standard. And how we keep the, the dollar afloat? Well, we'll make the world buy U.S. dollars in order to buy oil. Well, that's no more. This is a major, major declaration with, from Saudi Arabia that they're no longer interested in that that type of deal that they're willing to settle in Chinese yuan and other neighboring currencies. You know, the mainstream was talking this week as well. The establishment media did come online and was, we're, we're talking a lot of dis, you know, disunity. We're not going to see the unity uh, of these members. How can, how can nations like Iran and Saudi Arabia get, get along or, or any of these countries get along? This was the narrative that they were pushing. So it's quite the opposite. They were getting along. This meeting was, you know, you didn't really announce too much, but although there was a major announcement I'll get into, but it really showed the unity, Jeremy. Your thoughts on the meeting? So my big takeaway was that they didn't, they didn't pull any massive power moves, per se, which I think is a good thing. They kept the rhetoric to, hey, we want good things for the world. We want... Uh, equal trade we want where it's kind of headed it seems more to a mercantile kind of trades where it's not about debt it's not about creating debt structure it's about equal trade it's about part of creating a value chain versus versus um, a commodity chain and that it, it can help empower all of the countries to grow and become wealthy I think there's others out there that that look at it and instantly think oppositional that eventually the likes of the US, Canada, you know, European Union will have to be brought into that kicking and screaming. I don't think that's what this is about. I feel it's like a forming of of groups at the at the periphery. It's it's very it's very cinematic. Mm -hmm. There there you know, it's like um uh, oh, well, it's like a, it's like gangs in New York kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got this joining a periphery. We're not ready to fight, but we're going to, we're going to kind of meet you at your border and you're going to watch the numbers grow. Yeah. You're going to exactly. watch us become emboldened by the numbers because the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but we're not here to fight you either. 
-hmm. We're here for peace and equality of trade. And uh, I mean, you could call me crazy on, on all this, but that's what I think they're trying to do. They're saying we don't want the U.S. hegemony of the dollar that has, that has um, not helped us. It hasn't made us rich. It subjugated us, and we no longer want that. And I think that the people who live here don't want that either, mm -hmm. right? We see the policies happening here that aren't enriching us. They're enriching others. Look at the carbon tax. Is That's one. There are people asking now online, hey, it, how much will you raise the carbon tax for fires to stop? Yeah. You know, you're saying how? that somehow raising tax. taxes will stop these things. Mm -hmm. that's crazy it's ridiculous so we we're we're at the gates we <laughs> right are. we are we're in the gates and it's happening to us too so i i do applaud what they're ha what they're doing and i applaud ultimately the way they're going about it which is they're not making big they're not making big power plays they're just making moves with each other that aren't in direct opposition they're just saying hey look Egypt and Saudi Arabia can make deals with each other. That's okay. They don't have to use the U.S. dollar. And let's see where it goes from there. Mm -hmm. I think where it goes is, for the gold people and for us, is you have a new system that you're creating. And the way to build trust within that system, there's going to be, as you mentioned earlier, some sort of convertibility, maybe a way to balance trade. It doesn't have to necessarily be a pegging per se maybe it could be um as we said convertibility and and that everyone has to come to the table with with assets something mm -hmm. um equally on our side of our currencies that are all failing and debasing we're gonna have to bring trust back into our own currencies and how do you do that well at some point you're gonna have to say okay we're, we'll make it convertible we'll back our dollar with gold what do you need what it, will it take and in the absence of all those things, guys, gold is the de facto gold currency, which is why it's up in every single currency around the world. Gold is moved up in performance. Gold's up 400% over the last 20 years in Canadian dollars. Um, we've only had a downdraft of 4% in gold. That is the only downdraft we've had since 2013 in the last decade there has only been one down year in gold. Think about that when you're considering your portfolio and where you put your wealth and how to protect your wealth. I know if I'm looking at everything out there, I don't need the, I don't need the stars and the moon. If, if you can guarantee me, and I know in life there's no guarantees, but if I look back and I say, I get, I protect my wealth, there's no loss of purchasing power here, there's no loss of capital, and yet, how much has it gone up since then? I think it's a pretty good bet. There's a finite amount of gold. It's on the table of elements. You cannot print it. You cannot borrow it into existence. And when all of that money that's become so, that debt that's become so expensive starts to crumble and, and de not only debase, but um, disinflation, Right when the housing pro when the properties start losing value when the companies start losing value and and the value of the money starts continuing to debase where are you going to put your wealth to protect it 
gold has been there for thousands of years, giving you that trust that you need. So, and silver is going to be even better because as gold gets more expensive, silver's the people's money. Mm -hmm. People are going to just easily make that economic decision. I need, oh, gold's at $4,000 and I can buy silver at a hundred. Well, that's an easy, that's an easy calculation to make. So what happens when, when you have billions of dollars moving out of banks or moving out of failing currencies or moving out of failing assets, equities, whatnot, moving into a hard asset <laughs> that's finite. This is why it's going to be so exciting. So we're very excited about what's happening in the market. And, and you know, we've been around it enough to have the patience as well. Mm -hmm. But everything starts with a small step. Start small. Buy a tube of maples. Buy one ounce bar of gold. Buy a couple bars of, a couple 10 ounce bars. Get it in your hand. See what that feels like, looks like. And then you can decide where to go from there. And we'll help you. We're the experts. We've been around since 2002. And we've been doing the registered accounts, holding physical, allocated, segregated, actual gold in and silver in a registered portfolio held outside the banking system. We've been doing that since 2016. So give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com, will show you how to get it done. This is The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're going to get uh, back into the bricks because it is a momentous week that we've just experienced with what's happening to the global financial world order. Um, but first, Jerry, let's just talk about day-to-day, -day, seeing what's going on as a Canadian to our dollar, taxes rising, inflation rising, just living through what we're living through. And how does gold and silver help? Because... Gold doesn't affect shrinkflation, which is something we talked about for probably a decade on our radio show. Uh, we're probably the first people to talk about shrinkflation. Um, but how does it how does it help people who are going through it day to day? Whether it's their car payments are rising, or you know, all their payments are rising. How is gold going to help? How is silver actually going to help them? Mm -hmm. I think with when we allude to that that the goldprice.org chart, when we talk about all of the major currencies versus gold and silver going back since 2007. The common theme is all of the currencies are moving down versus gold. So we need to understand that we need a new standard of value. And gold and silver are that standard of value because every single major currency is crashing before our eyes. And the U.S. dollar is just wearing, wearing a parachute. You know, they have a parachute on, so it's dropping a little slower than the rest. But with regards to... What we're seeing with our currency being weaponized, the weaponization of our financial system, if you're being told that you cannot transact for whatever reason, they can turn the lights off, they can turn your, the power off, they can uh, move your currency or lock your currency down. People do not want to be controlled, especially now with, with the loss of purchasing power, with the prices going up. People are making hard decisions with their spending. And when you, when you start messing with the food, and when you start messing with people's pocketbooks, things get serious. And people are starting to get serious 
you know, back to schools now, you know, the X is open in Toronto. People are looking back at the portfolios. We had a great summer. The summer was amazing. It flew by. But now people are starting to make those hard decisions. Well, let's look at the portfolio. What is not denominated in a currency that is falling? So in, in other words, what, when you're saying all that, I'm thinking about that gold and silver are the great equalizer. If you have, if you have uh, cash under the bed, the government can continue to debase that currency and it buys you less and less stuff. If you have gold or silver under the bed, it cannot be continued to be debased because the only way that that happens is if you're going to mine a whole bunch of it and the, the, the structure in that is that you can only add to the gold supply by less than 2% a year to the entire supply. That, that percentage hasn't changed in, in decades, decades and decades. Same thing with silver. And now they're making it difficult for silver. You know, they've banned mm -hmm. open pit mining in, in, in Mexico. They're making it harder to get it out of the ground. And there's stronger demand for this reason exactly because it's a great equalizer. Mm -hmm. So you have to have it. And it's, it's kind of like that, um, that adage of it's time in the market, not timing the market. Correct. Although that said, this past week, I think has been a great way to time it. Let's talk a little bit about that timing. Because for me personally, I look at it as, a, as ranges. I don't look at it as a particular price per se. I see the silver market as anything under $30. Because I, I believe, and I'll ask you, do you, do you believe that $30 silver is really the line in the sand. Like if you can get silver under $30, you're ultimately winning. Cause, cause once we break that $30 barrier, we're, we're, we're off to the races. We're off to a new, a new ball game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We do look at the, the ranges and we have to be cognizant of, of, of the resistance levels and 30, 40, 50, these are levels they call psychological pivot points where if you do break that 30, you know, the, I, the, our sites are going to be on the 40. It starts to really rally. Again, we have not seen rallies in precious metals. Yeah, precious metals have been moving up. They've been performing really well. You know, 4% alone in one week for silver. It's amazing. And this is just the very beginning because if we look at the data and we look at technicals for a quick set, Credit Suisse and Commerce Bank commented on gold and silver, both see forecasts for a lot higher prices. Commerce Bank sees, um, you know, the deterioration of the, of the employment situation plus rate cuts to be halted. The timing of that alone, you want to be buying precious metals during rate hike cycles and try to get in during the summer months because over the past 40 years, metals tend to move higher into the fall seasons. So, yes, look at things more on a bird's eye view. You know, yes, unless you're a trader, you're a day-to-day -day trader, yeah, you need to know, you know you're following these charts minute by minute, second by second. But if you take a larger view, you'll be in great shape. Um, get involved. Congratulations to those people who took advantage last week with the, break, the, the, with the price dips. You did amazing. But I can guarantee if you get in now, um, looking forward two, three years, your portfolio will balloon much, much higher with metals. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You know, when you're talking about kind of looking at the bigger picture and all those things, I'm kind of thinking like cycles and uh, ratios. You know, um, in, in 1980, gold hit. Uh, 850, the Dow hit fell to 850 points, and that was a one-to-one -one ratio. In 2011, uh, or I should say, in, actually, in, in 
1999, the ratio had ballooned to over 40 to 1. You needed 40 ounces of gold to buy the Dow. And by 2011, it had fallen all the way back down to 4 to 1. Four ounces of gold would buy you shares in the Dow. Mm -hmm. And today, we're in an about the 18 to 1 ratio. So it is, it is a big ratio, which is telling you either gold is undervalued or the stocks are overvalued. And all you have to do is look at the PE ratios to say that That's they're true. overvalued. I mean, I don't know how anyone can't do that. Speaking of that, Jerry, you know what it kind of came to my attention this week? When you think about all the passive funds, we do it a lot. We look at people's portfolios. They're moving from mutual funds. They're moving out of um, you know, managed accounts where they're put into these indexes or mutual funds, et cetera. That is where we're at with investing. So much money is put into passive funds, indexes, and mutual funds, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They're all in the same stocks. Mm -hmm. It's all like the same five stocks. The Magnificent Seven. So how can that not be propping up the stock market? What happens if, they, if that portion of the stock market gets a little jittery and people start pulling out? Mm -hmm. The fear is going to be when there is a crash and you can't get out because you're in a passive fund and you're not able to just click the button yourself and, and self-manage your own account because you don't even know what you're invested in. Mm -hmm. So these man managers are going to be trying to get out and they can't because mm -hmm. they're trying to move too many people all at once. It's everybody on the bus, everybody off the bus. That's right. And what we find actually at Guildhall is one of the things about precious metals, that first aha moment, and I love for you to talk a little bit about it, is the realization that you are in control of your own wealth for the maybe for the first time ever because mm -hmm. nobody controls it once you own that bar of gold or that bar of silver. Yes, it's so revolution. I remember the the first the first time I put a one ounce gold bar in my hands, it was it was so transformative because my background being in currencies, being you know a currency trader at the banks, you know this is all I understood. I saw you know the tickers of various various currencies, but I would always see the gold and silver ticker at the end of the currency desks. Remember, it's not just a commodity, they are currencies. So when I had, when I got that gold bar in my hand, it was so revolutionary in my thinking. It definitely was, and this is why I'm where I'm at today, because I view everything in the lens of currencies. So, but this really bleeds into why central banks are buying it, because why do I get empowered? This is, why am I feeling so empowered? It's because ex this is exactly what the central banks gain their power with gold. They're buying gold for obviously, obviously to for liquidity purposes. You can, you know, you, you can transact very quickly with gold, being tier one capital. But it's independence. You're now creating independence, a moat around your wealth, around your home, with something that is decoupled from all the madness. The independence from currencies, independence from the financial institutions. And we're going to get into that, how many institutions were downgraded over the past week. This is independence. So if you're looking for a way for you to you know, find that control and independence, your precious metals is the way to go. Get some metals in your hands because if you, cannot, if you can't hold it, you do not own it. And that's our motto here at Guildhall. The number 18778-SILVER, the website guildhallwealth.com. We've, we've talked about being self-sufficient and being empowered. So we're talking about the great equalizer 
and being empowered and being self-sufficient. These are great, uh, great characters, characteristics for the precious metals. And ultimately, I think that, you know, you can look at the imagery of gold as well, what it's represented over the over millennia. It's been around for thousands of years. It's always been money. But I think, you know, and it has been a currency. It was one of the it was a legitimate currency as well. So it, it can be both. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe some people struggle with that. They think, well, we're not going to have gold currency again, are we? Um, do we have to have gold currency again? Well, gold and silver are money. They, they satisfy the five characteristics of what money is. And currencies, they tend to die, Jeremy, after a, few, after, after, after a century or so. Fiat meaning let it be so. It's a Latin term, and all of our currencies are fiat. So yes, I believe gold has to be there. This is the, this is what we'll get into, and this is the theme that we're seeing with the BRICS meeting. The theme is is definitely gold related, and a lot of people in the gold communities they didn't hear a report came out, which we'll get into, and in, I think in the next segment, a thirty six pager came out, and people skimmed through it. We skimmed through it. We went through it, and there was not one mention of gold. So it did did definitely upset people. Um, it, it, it upset a lot of people, but. If you get into it, especially that sec section 10, which I'll get into in the next segment, it does involve gold. So you cannot have a currency, a currency that will last, and an empowered currency, a currency that will actually last long without gold. It's that simple. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Gold is independence. Gold is equality. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. And... Um, or if you can't hold it, you don't own it. If you can't get to a vault to personally audit your holdings, then you, what do you own, right? If you why make an investment in gold when it's actually an asset? It's about ownership. And, you know, we've always said the debts don't matter until they matter, and they are starting to matter. Right now, even the state's $32 trillion plus. It, they're rapidly approaching $33 trillion, and the interest on that is already outpacing their military expenditure, Think about that as we go to break. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com, The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. More to come. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you're looking to get into the physical gold and silver market, give us a call. We'll show you how to do it. It's all about starting small, get some physical gold, silver coins, small bars in your hand, see how that works, make it part of your cash component portfolio. We all have cash for a rainy day. Maybe you want to have a few tubes of silver maples for a rainy day. Maybe they end up being great gifts to give away and teach the young people of the world what money really is. There's nothing better than giving a 10-ounce bar to someone and then looking at it 10 years later realizing, whoa, this is a really good gift. I don't remember anything else I got. I don't remember the cash that went in the bank. I don't remember the toys. I remember this 10-ounce bar that I received, right? Or a five-gram mm -hmm. bar of gold. These are great ways to get involved and help teach people about money. You know, we've talked about it on the show. I want to just repeat it, this idea that when we, when we don't use cash, we, we put money into the, into the pockets of 
the financial institutions, but not into our community. It gets, it gets a little shaved off the top each time. And so this, again, is part of that dynamic of educating people about money. Yes, it's a currency. Yes, it's a debasing currency. Mm -hmm. But if you go digital, it's just one example of, let's just look at fees. Fees are one example of how you are taxed for using digital. It's not your money anymore, right? There's a cost to it. Mm -hmm. It's so convenient. Oh, da, da, da. Hey, listen, I love paying for convenience. Okay, I do. I yeah. get, I always dry clean, yes. right? I go, that, that's a great convenience, right? Um, but at some point, your, your wealth is being stolen. And this whole idea of digital currencies and digital this and digital that, we want you to be uh, digital cars and all of it. They don't like what you have to say. Gone. Have you, you've seen those videos in, in, in China and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what, what's real because we saw that at the beginning of the pandemic, these people dropping like zombies. It's hard to tell what's real these days. But there are people saying, look, if the government doesn't like what I say, I, I can't go buy food, mm -hmm. let, let alone going, going on a trip somewhere. They just cancel your phone because everything is attached digitally. And now they want to, like, now you can implant for digital. We always knew that was coming too. Yeah. So how do you, how do you combat that? Is this gold play a role in that? Like, can you, is it a way to, again, be an equalizer? Yes. I mean, this is the one way of, of, of avoiding and, and, uh, you know, getting, staying away from this massive push of over digitization, which is really one way of controlling capital. And right now, they're, they're, the fees are X right now, but there's no control as to how far those fees can go, how far the inflation, the taxes can go. So when you have gold and silver, you're outside of that. You're out. You're outside of that threat. And this is this is one of those things that we're seeing. It's an entire weaponization of the of the financial system. And this is something that was talked about in the BRICS the BRICS meeting over over the over the past week so it's okay, a so, huge theme so so let's get into that so there was a report put out by by the BRICS um, we we sifted through it no mention of gold but there were some some key points that point towards it without actually talking about it and stating the the word gold mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so tell us what you found in this report and how that could how that plays into physical precious metals. Yeah, for sure. It was a great meeting. I think overall we did skim through and we did share the the report in our latest newsletter that was released. So I encourage everyone to check that out and go through. Um, but yeah, the themes of human rights were discussed, a lot of women empowerment over the course of the meetings and, and they, they have a 36 page report. So it's very in depth and very succinct as to what these steps want, what their demands want and what the, what the demands were of these nations. A lot of equality and, and the end to unipolar and, and an entrance and encouragement of a multipolar world. A lot of decrying against the negatives of the this uniparty decision on sanctioning and using shank sanctions to kick off met, to kick out countries from your party it was it was absolutely crazy so in other words another way to frame that is that us dollar hegemony meant that they could push their weight around you don't like you know when if it it's fine if it's working but if you go rogue and you you step in the wrong direction of whatever their policies may be or whatever their thoughts are 
then you're cut off. Yes, and potentially at at worst cut off, maybe sanctioned a little bit here and there. But it's the idea that if you have a single currency that's controlled by a single person, a single entity, and they by any reason go even the little slight slightest bit rogue, and you're in the way of that. Mm-hmm. We got problems, and right. and a lot of these countries have been subjugated by the states over the years. Yes, which ultimately lead to, um, you know, a weakening of the economies. There's there's low growth. If you cannot transact, your economy gets impacted. The people get impacted, and a lot. So of the, no different than what we were just talking yeah. about about a digital ID, exactly. and and you don't get light if you're not doing everything exactly the right way, and you are have a dissenting voice in any which way possible, you could be running amok of the of the regime. Yes. So it, it's ha- it can happen here in society here, but it's also happening on the global stage. So this is what was exactly the same theme being discussed. And it was great and refreshing knowing that the, the theme of moving, especially in, uh, in the continent of Africa, the nations that export, you're no longer exporting. You're no longer just an exporter. We want to see you know, the, your value in this. It's an empowerment. It's leveling the playing ground. And we went through all 36 pages. And going back to the gold situation, you know, no mention of gold, but I want to encourage everyone to check out uh, subsection number 10, where the BRICS nations, they support a global financial safety net with a quota-based and adequately resourced international monetary fund. So a lot of old systems are being restructured. We're hearing about the World Trade Organization, the UN, and the IMF. They're going to be restructuring these organizations, including the IMF. And they called for a reform of the Bretton Woods institutions. And this is massive because let let us just remind everyone what the Bretton Woods system was all about. The Bretton Woods system required countries to guarantee convertibility of their currencies into U.S. dollars within one percent. And now this is a big impact for us Canadians. You know, we have to. We're now importing the rate of exchange is about one point three six. Oh, so what that does is if you can't, if you have to keep it within one percent, everyone's tied together. It's like a three-legged race. Exactly. So you can't, you can't undermine your currency by saying, "Oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to drop our currency and make it competitive against this and that." So everybody's tied together. So we have that. We'll have the U.S. dollars within one percent of fixed parity rates. So leveling the playing ground, we no longer have to import this this FX conversion, this FX spread. Let's go to break and let's keep up on this topic because I think there's a lot more to unwrap here. The number 18778SILVER, the website guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. This is all about physical precious metals and the BRICS definitely want that as part of the value chain and as part of the backing of this system. So more to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're just reviewing this 34-page report put out by the BRICS. They did mention that they want to reform a lot of these international bodies. Sounds very Nisera Jacera, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But um, nonetheless, maybe that's just something mapping onto each other. But um, but talking about Bretton Woods, I mean, Bretton Woods was about having a gold standard in effect where the, everything was convertible into the dollar and the dollar was convertible at $35 
um, to the ounce. Uh, now that they kind of corrupted that because they were printing all the money, <laughs> and then and then by seventy one it was completely um, def- defunct. So, mm-hmm. um, but they talked about reforming that. That's um, right. In what in what respect? Uh, they didn't. A reform meaning you're going to have more, a greater role of emerging markets in developing countries. And we know that these emerging markets and developing countries are really gold, you know, miners. They have resources. And these are the resources that will go back to um, adequately resourcing the IMF. So the IMF, we know, is the author of the special drawing rights. They have their own currency that just have other currencies involved. If this is restructured with resources, what potential resources could we see with an SDR, Jeremy? Could it be oil? Could it be gold? I think it definitely should, and it could. But this re- reformation of the Bretton Woods institutions, yes, you hit the nail right on the head. This is this is currency related. No more. Uh, you're gonna just a reminder. Bretton Woods system required guarantee convertibility of currencies into U.S. dollars within 1% of fixed parity rates, and the dollar being convertible to gold bullion for foreign governments and central banks at that time of $35 an ounce. And this is just, you know, this is definitely sounding very Nasera Jacera. You're talking about parity rates. And even this, the, you know, we talked about this last week with the Germans' uh, gold, reval- gold revaluation account. Gold needs to be revalued. They had it valued at $35 an ounce back then. It's still there. And when we see that gold revaluation account in, 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 in association with what's happening with the BRICS, this is very, very mighty. This does include gold. So if you do a control F and search for the word gold in this report, you're not going to see it, but you get into it, understand what Bretton Woods is and why this is a solution. Okay, so that was the major part of this, that they're looking to, 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 to have something like that or reform it. Was there anything else gold-related that you saw in between the lines on this report at all? Um, just the countries that were involved, despite number 10, I think the countries that were involved in being empowering these countries we're seeing a lot of the countries that have the gold and have the silver being India. They're being empowered to stand up and defend the exporters, defend the farmers. We saw India impose um, you know, a, a ban on exporting onions. Like, what's the deal with the other major exporting export of onions? This is a value chain issue now. This is no longer about supply. We're going to equal the playing fields with resources. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about that in a, in a, in a very – really changing everything up you know we've bought lots of throwaway clothes over the years right well that's a a big part of just like pure supply chain versus value chain where you know you've you've sent off cheap labor right and that cheap labor is going to say no we want more than just cheap labor now we want to be we want to do more we want more for what we're what we're working at um, and that could be the same as pulling commodities out of the ground, just saying, look, we, we want, we're, we're not just going to um, grow corn or grow soybeans or whatever. We, we want to be part of producing something that can be shipped to you as mm-hmm. opposed to just shipping you the commodity. So I think that's, that's good overall, that yeah. kind of equality. I mean, isn't that what the left is looking for? <laughs> equality <laughs> and, so, and women's rights. Yes, so, human rights. So um, – uh, yeah, speaking of humans, human rights, uh, uh, James Turk's talk. James Turk talked about the fact that what they're doing to the currencies right now is a human rights violation. 
to be stealing your wealth right now, if you're paying 30, 35, 40% income tax, 13% on every goods and service that you buy, you're paying after tax. And then now inflation, if we look at shadow stats, what the real inflation rate is, it's closer to 11%, mm-hmm. not the three or 2.8 that the government's saying. Um, you know, that's up to 70% of the value of your work being taken away. That is, that, I mean, come on, that's theft. That is, that's a human rights violation. Yes. You know, and, and let's just remind people that the Boston Tea Party, that happened for, I think it was something like two or 3% and they lost it. So, you know, we've put up with a lot and it, and it's nice to see people being, uh, these entities being emboldened. Let's talk about Exter's Pyramid. Uh, money's getting more expensive. These bubbles are going to be bursting. Um, everything's going to be collapsing into the into assets that can't get destroyed by a currency collapse or by anything that can be deflated. Um, there's more than just gold and silver that one could own as a way to protect against the deflation of assets bubbles bursting, isn't there? Absolutely. One of those assets would have to be natural fancy color diamonds, a guild hall investment grade stone, one that we take the guesswork out. You don't have to you don't have to be a GIA certified diamond grader to understand what rarity is. And when you understand what rarity is and guild hall does a great job of showing that Jeremy do an amazing job of of getting into the rarity aspect with the FCRF who have created indices so that we can now track the real data data showing what real rarity is and why these diamonds, that Guildhall Natural Fancy Color Diamond, is the way to not only defend yourself against devaluing currencies, but you're diversifying your portfolio even further with a very rare hard asset. A Natural Fancy Color Diamond is the best-kept investment secret. It is, um, you know, one of the investor's best friends. This is, this is perfect for your portfolio. If you're looking for a way to concentrate your wealth, if you see yourself leaving the country because of Christia free, Flee My Land, Freeland, this is the one way of doing it. You preserve your purchasing power with hard assets. And a diamond like a pink diamond from the Argyle Mine, the Argyle Mine no longer produces these luxurious pink stones. And if you're looking at diversifying further, if you, have a, a portf- if you do have a budget, a 50 to 60K, you need, a, a, you need Guildhall to show you how to build a nice hard asset portfolio with some gold being your foundation, silver being your moneymaker, and a natural fancy color diamond for generational wealth building and pass that on. This is, there's no better place to be. Yeah, they're beautiful assets. They've continued to rise in value. You're seeing them go for tens of millions of dollars at auction. And we go after the same sort of quality, albeit smaller smaller diamonds that you can put into the regular person's hand for generations to come and have that wealth purely protected. Give us a call. We're happy to show you how that all works. Jerry, great show. Thank you for bringing all of the information about the bricks. I I found it personally really informative. And now I can kind of put the right lens on as I see things progress from here, because I think it's going to be very interesting as bricks continue to come on. And I think that the markets are going to get real shaky here in North America. So I I personally would want to be very well 
protected when that happens. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for everyone joining us and listening to The Real Money Show here on 640 Toronto, and we'll speak to you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.